0: Welcome to
1: another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your
2: hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. The Friday edition of The Ride Home.
3: It's a superhero weekend.
2: Yeah. Superhero. The Black Panther the comes out. Yeah.
3: Well, John, I know you
2: <laughs> You love a superhero film. I do not love a superhero why film. Why is that? I don't. You know why? I don't
3: No, I don't
4: know why. Well, because
2: it's just, it's a little overload. Generally, the plots themselves are paper thin, and then there's all this, like, you know, explosions and car chases and... uh, Who doesn't
3: love an explosion on a car chase?
2: I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like, I kind of go, meh. However, having said that, I am interested in this film.
3: Oh, okay. So you will see it? And I will see it, definitely. He's going to see it, Mike.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would see that. I'm proud of you, John. Thank oh, you. Oh, that's and, so good. And I'm a little disappointed I did not see, and I was also interested in this, I'd like to see uh, Wonder Woman in the theater.
3: I never saw it either. Oh, okay. And that's bothersome to me. Starring yeah, you know. John
2: Hall. <laughs> that's really funny, Mike. Thanks an awful lot. I like okay. that movie. You're breaking up there.
3: <laughs> it's like I. It's like we almost can't hear you. Yeah. Uh, remember Linda Carter? oh the yeah Wonder Woman? oh let me tell you she was never. every
2: preview that lessons boy's dream are you kidding me <laughs>
5: exactly oh right. my god
2: linda carter oh i love her
3: okay so it has the potential to be um to break all sorts of records this weekend okay. um as far as films go but just thinking about superhero films <laughs> mm-hmm. do you have any idea which superhero film has had the highest lifetime gross in the theaters? iron man wrong the what? Avengers. Iron Man is number
2: six. Mm. The Avengers. Wow!
3: How do you know the answer to that when you don't even see them?
2: Because I'm well read.
3: Yes, it is The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh, Thank you. Very yeah, much. it made a uh, six hundred and twenty-three million dollars. Wow!
2: Do you remember the original Superman movie? The original with I mean,
3: Christopher Reeve. Yes, yes, I do remember that. Right,
2: which I was super. You excited. Don't probably don't
3: remember that, do you, Mike? No, no I remember it. Oh, do you? I okay. watched.
2: It. it was a long time. No, you ago. were yeah. you weren't even born when no, that I wasn't. was out. No. no. Poor, poor Christopher Reeve, huh? Oh, well, What I know. a tragic sad story yes, that is. for sure. Yeah, but, you know, when you, when you look back at those originals, sort of like I would call the Donna. They dawn look of, so cheese. Oh, my goodness They gracious. are
3: so Who was the so femme
2: fatale? Uh, Lois, Lane? Too, Lois Lane. Uh, yeah, but no, who was the actor? Oh, uh. I remember, she had a little rough time after the fact.
3: Uh. uh
2: I can picture her in my mind. So can I. But I don't remember her name.
3: And right now there are listeners shouting at their radios. Right. But okay. we can't hear you. So
2: call us 800-320-8255. What Who was is her Lois name? Lane in the um, original, uh Christopher original Superman. Superman.
3: Okay, how about uh the number 2 ever uh superhero movie. Uh, Mike, you want to guess?
2: Number 2. Number 2. Thor. Uh, no,
3: it's no. not Thor. No, it's The Dark Knight.
2: Oh yeah, that's a good film.
3: I actually am kind of surprised the Dark Knight isn't number one. The just... Avengers is number two. Yeah, now that you bring that but up, I'm shocked. It's actually you... not even close.
2: How do you rate your uh, How do you rate your Batman? Ooh. Michael Keaton, George Clooney. Well, not Michael
3: Keaton. Not George Clooney. It's horrible. Who's your best Batman? Uh,
2: ben, Affleck? Uh, ben
3: Affleck. No, I can't stand. Exactly. I can't so stand anything. I just named three of them for you. George Clooney's definitely in that mix for sure. Yeah, um,
2: Batman. Um, I thought it was uh, nuanced.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I thought he was nuanced. Nuanced. I'm it's not a Batman, Batman fan. Oh. I saw
2: The Dark Knight and I don't even remember it. I'm a Batman fan because I grew up with the original Batman TV show with Adam West.
3: Oh, yeah. I never saw that.
2: Oh, I lived for that thing to take place. Oh, I love that. And plus the the Batman movie with Adam West. Oh, that's like my kid's – that was my kid's favorite movie growing up. Really? Seriously, I saw that film about 5,000 times. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm not – I don't cheese. know.
3: I don't get anything with Batman. Oh, I don't it's so under- funny. I don't oh, you don't? I love Batman. No.
2: You like yeah. Christian Bale? Oh, yeah. I'd say uh, that's I mean, probably he, the best Batman. That
3: has – I mean, I would – I agree. Uh, yeah. But see, I'm rating them without having, having any seen, knowledge. Yeah. No, no. I saw them, but I didn't care. Okay. Now Do you, you you know how you watch something and don't care? Yes, Mike?
1: Sorry, sorry go
6: ahead. I was just
3: going to say that you invest your two hours of watching. You'd think that I would like it have some kind of emotional involvement. I got nothing. Right.
2: Hey, that phone's ringing. It's making me anxious. Is it? Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I should pick it well, up. somebody, we just called for Lois Lane. Someone's got the yeah, answer. Yeah, I hear just, who it picked is. that up right now live on the air. Okay, the Avengers Age of Ultron. Oh, just left.
3: Avengers Age of Ultron is number three. Okay. Number four, The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Number five is Wonder Woman.
2: Really? I'm surprised. Okay. Number
3: 5, Wonder Woman was a bigger box office hit by 12 million, no, by 5 million dollars oh. than Iron Man 3. Okay,
2: all those films you just yeah. mentioned, whether mm-hmm. it's the Batman franchise or, you know, whatever, I would prefer to see The Incredibles over all oh, those.
3: Oh, which and you're getting your wish cuz now there's a number 2 coming yeah. out.
2: No, to me that's a superhero film.
3: I love The Incredibles. I love Incredibles. F- me I, too. Loved, I have often Wished I was girl. Of course. I wish I could like spread myself out a little bit. Yes, Mike? Is it Margot Kidder? Yeah, Margot Margo Kidder. Margot Kidder. Margot Margo Kidder. Thank good. you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> very nice. Uh, you mentioned Iron Man, Yeah, uh, Mike. Yes. Iron Man is number 17 Whoa. Really? when it comes oh. to grosses. Iron Man 3 is number 6, but Iron Man is number 17. I'm shocked. And Iron Man is a lot better than Iron Man 3. Yeah. I though agree. I,
2: though I enjoyed Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm sorry. This phone's been Hello, you're live on the air. Who is this please?
7: Uh, this is uh, Tim. I was calling in uh, about uh, uh, the girl who played uh, Lois Lane. Yes, oh, yeah.
2: Tim. Tell us. Oh, uh, it's
7: Margot Ketter. Okay, Mar- there Thank we you go. very much. She, you, Tim. She,
2: Margot Ketter had a little rough time there after the fact. I, I felt bad for Margot Ketter. Did you? Yeah, she was sort of used by the Hollywood machine and then discarded. I think she kind of had a nervous breakdown.
3: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Me too. Okay. Yeah, anyway,
2: thanks, Tim. Thanks All for that.
3: All right. It. Now, I appreciate that. Yes? You name your best Batman. You have to name your best Joker.
2: Heath Ledger? Or... No, too dark for me. No, that's mm-hmm.
3: that gives that gave me the absolute yeah, creeps. Dark, yeah. Really? Yeah, really? Like you're surprised by that? Like yeah, oh, I can't it's, believe it's Heath dark. Ledger would give you the no.
2: creeps. Who's your best Batman? And Nicholson? Jack Nicholson? Mm, yeah. You know? No, seriously. My my TV Batman is the uh, uh, my TV Joker is the best. I don't know who that uh, is. I think that was who? No, again, 320 It's <laughs> <laughs> my own personal Google. <laughs> I'll be at home and go, hey honey, can I eight hundred three two zero eight two five? Just say. <laughs> Oh, anyway. my gosh. Oh, do you take a, um, we take a break?
3: Yeah, but I didn't even have a chance to
2: tell you, John. Tell me.
3: That your weekend has begun. Oh,
2: yes. It's 11 minutes past the 4 o'clock hour. Truly in this corner of the world, all is right and We well.
3: have a great show ahead. The 5 o'clock hour, absolutely jam-packed. If you are a uh, historian, someone who loves Pittsburgh, someone mm-hmm. who loves the musicians that have come from Pittsburgh, the sports heroes that have come from Pittsburgh, yeah. or the playwright... That came from Pittsburgh. You cannot miss our uh, our 540 interview with Mark Whitaker, who's written an absolutely unbelievable book, Smoketown, The Untold Story of the Other Great Black Renaissance. He's coming into town to give a lecture at the Carnegie Library, mm-hmm. right in the uh, main Carnegie Library in Oakland. Anyway, that's coming up in our five o'clock hour. And uh, in this hour, we're going to be talking about immigration. And we're also going to be talking about what we should be watching and reading to celebrate Black History Month.
2: Very nice. Before we take it away, I, I asked someone to call me. So who is this, please? <laughs>
7: Yeah,
3: it's Tim again.
2: Hey! <laughs> All right, Timmy. You, you got the answer? Hey,
7: I, know I know a lot about Batman.
2: Yeah. Okay. So tell me the, tell me the answer to that. It was Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. You know what? My barber in Bloomfield, Dancer Cone, had a picture of himself and Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero was in town one time, and he stopped by Dancer Cone's place to get a haircut. So yeah, th- that's a great answer. Thanks a lot, that's Tim. That's All right, Tim. He knows a lot about Batman. Apparently, he we, knows a lot more than me. Every show needs a Batman Jimmy. expert. Take a break. Come back. Okay. I'm kind of exhausted already. We haven't even had our first guest on.
3: Captain America is number seven.
5: I guess my favorite. WORD.
8: You know, I don't know about you, but it seems like I'm always in a hurry. But thank goodness God isn't in any hurry. He gave the Old Testament kings of Judah plenty of time and opportunity to turn to Him. And when they did, He forgave and blessed them, no matter how disobedient they'd been. Nothing has changed for us today. On Through the Bible Radio this week, we'll be studying the lives of some of these kings in the light of God's amazing patience and forgiveness. Through the Bible, this evening at
1: 9 p.m.
8: on 101.5 WORD.
7: We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable
1: rights, among them life. Endowed means it's given to us, not by the government, but by our Creator. Unalienable means it can't be taken away by man. It's a right given to us by God. All
7: that you have done from your birth until now may not matter as much as what you do today. You know, a wise man once said, choosing right over
1: wrong, ethics over convenience, truth over popularity. These are the decisions that measure a man's life. I've said it on this floor many times and I'll say it again. There's never a wrong time to do the right thing. There's a cause greater than self, a cause greater than any group. I
4: believe that this is that cause. Vote for Rick Saccone on March 13th. Paid for by CatholicVote.org, not authorized by any Candidates Committee.
0: I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. Imagine the anger of the wicked Jewish leaders when Jesus identified Himself as the I Am. This is what God called Himself in the Old Testament when speaking to Moses. That Christ called Himself the I Am meant He was making Himself equal with God. The Savior whom we serve is divine. He is the Son of God come into our human flesh. The name I Am serves to teach us that Christ as God is eternal and unchangeable. He is forever the same. He is. He exists from eternity to eternity. For that reason, Christ is always faithful to us. He never changes His mind regarding His people. His purpose is to save us, and He remains unchanged in that purpose. You are invited to worship that Savior with us. For information about our church, call 412-727-6778 or check out prcpittsburgh.org. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ.
2: Hey, welcome back. Uh, It is Black History Month. And so we've been engaging guests live on air here, and a little later on in the show we're going to do the same thing with uh, "Smoke Town," which is a fabulous book. Oh Mark my Whitaker gosh! Joins I'm us. telling
3: you, this is a this is a Pittsburgh historical study um, that focuses on the Hill District um, in its heyday between 1920 and 1942, 43. Yeah. Um, but the pho- teeny Harris photographs that are in it. The conversation we're going to have with Mark Whitaker. It's coming up in the five o'clock hour. I mean, you.
9: You're going to
2: love it. Yeah, you are. So to set the stage for that, to talk about what uh, to watch and read during Black History Month, J.R. Forstero joins us again. J.R. is the teaching pastor at Catalyst Community Church in Rolla, Texas. He blogs at NorvilleRogers.com, where he reviews films and books. He's the co-creator and co-host of the Story Men prod- podcast, and he's with us live today. Uh, J.R., welcome back to the show.
7: Ah, uh, thank you. It's so good to be back again.
3: JR, so okay, first off we're gonna talk about the Black Panther because it's premiering this weekend, but we got to get into some superhero minutiae first, because I know you're a super geek, and I want to plumb the depth of that. Um, (laughs) So now I I asked these two guys, I'm not sure if you were listening on the air, I don't think you were. I I looked up the grosses of all the superhero films, and I want to ask you what you think the top grossing superhero film to this date is, and I mean lifetime gross. Do you have a guess?
7: I would guess it's the original Avengers film. Thank you. I guessed that you, So,
3: did, John guessed it, too. I can't believe it wasn't. I thought it'd be the Dark Knight.
7: Really? It was the Dark Knight until Avengers. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, See, I
3: can't surprise you with anything. Okay, the Dark Knight was second. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and Age of Ultron's number three. Fair and enough. Dark Knight Rises is number four. Let me round it out with number five because that was wonderful. Okay.
2: But we digress, Jr. You're here to talk to us today about it wasn't Black really a History. digression. It, 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 it. I think it was
3: just an interesting tributary. No.
2: <laughs> okay, we well, it's a mild digression. I don't think like a little stomach flu. <laughs> 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 okay, okay, Jr. So, Black Panther. Uh, have you seen it yet? Yeah, I saw it last night with oh. my wife. Tell us.
7: So again, it's been less than 24 hours since I saw it.
0: Yeah, but
7: I think it's my favorite Marvel movie. What? Nice. It's incredible. Is it? It's like it's Shakespearean.
2: Really? Okay, yes. go, go into this. And, so,
7: well, okay, so I don't want to do any spoilers.
2: Okay, yeah, thanks.
7: But I will say that this movie fixed the Marvel villain problem that has annoyed me since Iron Man 1.
2: Wait, wait so what is the Marvel villain problem?
7: They're one-dimensional, they're boring, mm-hmm. and they're completely unsympathetic.
2: I see. Okay. So this fixes it because obviously you're talking about some nuance some complexity here.
7: Yes. Uh, I think every, one of the things that's great about the script, which Ryan Coogler, he did Fruitvale Station and Creed. Uh, he wrote the script and directed the film. Every single character has a clear motivation and the conflicts emerge because they want different things. Huh. And so it's sort of like Magneto and Professor X, like Magneto is not wrong, And you might disagree with his methods, but you kind of respect where he's coming from. Yeah, That's very much how I felt about Killmonger in Black Panther.
2: I see. Okay, wait. Before we go a little deeper into the film, I just want to get your impressions. Talk about being at the movie last night. This is one of the first audiences to see the film. What was the vibe like? Talk about that energy in the theater.
7: It was was, uh, electric. I mean, people were just so excited about the movie. Tons of people dressed up. (laughs) Uh, laughter, <laughs> thrills, the action scenes were getting tons of gas. Uh, man, it was great. My my wife is huge Wonder Woman fan, huge girl power fan, and uh, there are plenty of strong female characters in this film, but she just had like a big grin on her face the whole time. That's cool. As did I. I mean, it was
2: phenomenal. Yeah, so that's why you go to the movie theater, yeah. right? I mean, as great as home screen uh, streaming is, you're not going to get that thrill in your living room. Right. Okay, so then let's go a little bit deeper into the film itself, right? So Shakespearean, obviously there's a lot of different threads here and multiple strong characters, lots of highs and lows.
7: Yeah, and I mean just the – the I guess what I found so satisfying was that if you had taken out all of the superhero stuff, it was still a really compelling mm. character piece that you cared about. Oh, that's Got
3: cool. it. Got it. Okay. So I, I like what you said that the 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 Marvel villains up to this point in your mind have just been kind of cardboardish because you can't empathize with them. Now, of course, we know that your book "Empathy for the Devil" um, talks about issues like this. So, talk about why you think that's important.
7: Because no one in the real world is a villain in their own mind, mm-hmm. and. So I think if we're trying to engage in fiction in a way that's hopefully doing more than just mindlessly entertaining us, we need characters that we can relate to on all sides. And when in Black Panther, every single person who was speaking, I felt like, man, I know that person. I know that perspective. That feels real in a way that uh, even though I might disagree with that person, they have a great point, and I feel torn, and I feel conflicted. Wow. And there were points, particularly earlier in the film, where Black Panther, the, the main character, I disagreed with his position. And I, I actually sided more with the end goals of the villain, hmm. so though, not, again, not his method. Well, that's
10: and interesting. That's,
7: that's such a wonderfully conflicted place to be, yeah. I think. Uh, it makes me ask questions about myself.
2: So obviously then the writing and the screenplay was excellent, if you're taking all that from that.
7: Oh, it was, and again, it was done so – because at the end of it's still superhero film, right? Yeah, it's still yeah. fun. It's still quick. It's not a slow drama. and And so all of these characters are introduced and defined so economically mm. and so expertly.
2: JR. Forastero is with us. He is the pastor of Catalyst Community Church, Rawlett, Texas. He blogs at NorvilleRogers.com. So, like like all of us, you know, you're a Christian, you've been reading your Bible, so you've got a, a very particular Christian worldview. When you go see a film, whether, you know, you love it or hate it, uh, oftentimes you find yourself looking at the film from a Christian perspective and taking something theological from it. Did that happen last night with Black Panther?
7: Oh, yes. Uh, and and again, I think that goes back to the character work. Uh, if you don't know anything about the setup of the film, it's a fictional African nation called Wakanda that is the most technologically advanced nation in the world. And they've been hiding from the rest of the world, uh, like literally under an invisible shield. Hmm. And so the big tension of the film is isolationism. You know, do we stay in here where it's safe? and not engage the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. or do we go out into the world and do what we can to make the world a better place?
1: I see. And I
7: think that's a struggle that nearly every church I've ever been a part of struggles with. Right. You know, do we stay in our Christian bubble where it's safe, or do we go out into the big bad world and risk and become vulnerable but do good in the world?
2: Well, that's excellent. Okay, so switch hats here for a second. Play Bob Woloszewski from Plugged In Movie Review at Focus on the Family. Um, uh, the movie was appropriate for what age? What's, I don't even know what it's rated.
7: I, I'm sure it's PG-13. Okay. There's no blood. It's a Marvel movie. Um, there's there's fighting. There's no sexual stuff at all. There's, like a, there's a very uh, light romance. I would say if you've seen any of the other Marvel movies, this is possibly even a little tamer.
2: Oh, cool. Okay.
3: And other than, uh, now you've said that, you know, you've only had, you know, 22 and a half hours to, you know, digest digest this and to ruminate, but you think this could be your favorite Marvel movie of all time. Prior to this, what was your favorite Marvel movie of all time?
7: Probably the original Avengers, maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm -hmm.
2: Got it. Which this film is going to blow out of the water, apparently.
7: I think so. It it could be on tracking to blow Iron Man 3 out of the water. Oh, that's cool.
2: Wow.
3: Okay. Now, let me say, uh, just looking at upcoming releases, you know, John and I talked about The Incredibles. I know it's animated, but it's just, it's one of my favorites. I absolutely love that. But yeah. I am disturbed to see that Shazam is coming out. Did you know that?
7: <laughs> yeah, I actually don't hate it. If they could do it right, it could mm-hmm. be really interesting. Yeah, that's the question. Super because cheese.
3: certainly the first time it wasn't, I wouldn't say done right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though I, I did think th- his whole spinning around at the top of the mountain was cool.
2: Very cool. Okay. Hey, so let's move forward. And so you're here to talk to us about, in some ways, you know, Black History Month and what, pe- what people are watching or reading. How about um, you send us a, a few things to talk about. The Netflix documentary 13th. To be honest, I don't know. I don't, about I don't it.
3: know what it is.
7: Yeah. So it's uh, this is a couple years old. It's based on the work of Michelle Alexander, who wrote a book called The New Jim Crow. Oh yeah, and in the thirteen, it's the Thirteenth Amendment, which is the oh, yeah. amendment that outlaws slavery, except in the case of criminals. And so it's an sort of an expose of our criminal justice system, and how uh, first men of color specifically are disproportionately incarcerated, and how that is in some ways a continuation of uh, Jim Crow-era uh, disenfranchisement of persons of color. Oh, interesting. It's a very challenging documentary. I see.
3: Okay, what about Atlanta?
7: Uh, Atlanta is a comedy, I guess. It's, it's a com- comedy-drama sitcom from Donald Glover, who is Childish Gambino. who is was also Troy on Community. And it's basically a bunch of guys in Atlanta trying to break into the rap game. Hmm, Okay. So it's just kind of a day-in-the-life sort of look at some guys. in. The, and one of the things I love about it is that nearly the entire cast is black. And so because you have such a, a large number of black actors, you avoid all of the stereotypes of like, oh, that guy's the drug dealer, that guy's the gangster, that, you know, whatever, like, yeah. which is what typically happens in Hollywood.
3: Okay. T- tell me about White Rage. This is a book. I don't know that either.
7: Yes, yeah, so- Yes, White Rage is a book by Carol Anderson. So last year, after Charlottesville happened, mm-hmm. we had a bunch of people down here in Dallas who were like, okay, so there is a real race problem in our country still. We can't pretend we're post-racial anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we started a book club where we just started reading books by persons of color, trying to get a handle on how do we even talk about this. And White Rage was the first one we read. And it's a, it starts with emancipation and works forward sort of era by era in American history and illustrate what systemic racial oppression looks like in America and has looked like. Uh, so, So anytime someone says, well, I'm not racist because I have a black friend or I've never said a racial slur, so I'm not racist. I say, well, those are good. I'm glad. Like, I'm glad you're friends with persons of color. I'm glad that you don't use racial slurs. But here's how individuals don't have to necessarily act racist in order for there to be racial problems in our country. Hmm. Right? Like racism is more than just torch-carrying neo-Nazis, right? Yeah. Uh, And and white rage really helped me wrap my mind around what that looks like and what that means.
2: Oh, that's interesting. So you see sort of um – the hidden veneer, right, that we all think, well, we're okay, uh, but there's also things that we're doing on a regular basis we're not even thinking about that exposes just the underlayer of our racism, intended or not.
7: Right, and and, and how it can be systemic. So it talks about the fact that ghettos were created by white politicians who passed legislation to bar persons of color from living in certain parts of town. Right. Uh, like it was it was legislation right it was yeah. again it wasn 't like right. three people stood on the corner and said, You have to go somewhere else, like it was law
3: right right, and there were architects and city planners who were yes. you know often you know some of the architects and city planners were people of color <laughs> who were commissioned right. to do those jobs it's a right. very it's a very um i don 't know i've I thought it an unusual part of the civil rights experience is just seeing all of those those legislative actions and then the the way that our country developed neighborhood by neighborhood yeah i think it's something
2: that we don't talk about much i mean you know it's well meaning the 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 words urban renewal right we're supposed to be like oh we're gonna get rid of the blight but essentially made they made things worse at least here in the city of pittsburgh they sure did
7: all right so Uh, i mean again it's so hard for someone like me to see that yeah
11: because
7: i've never had to live in that reality So this book really helped me wrap my brain around it.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, There was a, there's a good documentary. Uh, It's, it sounds really strange and you're going to think I'm a super geek for watching it, but it was on the history channel and it was called 10 and it was 10 towns, 10 parks and 10 buildings, and it talked about how uh, these the uh, the uh, growth of these towns, the growth of these cities, and the growth of these buildings actually changed what America looks like, oh, that's cool. and the town part is what talked about what you're talking about, JR, which is the fact that when, when towns were created, the things that we take for granted now because we feel like they just organically arrived, that's just actually, historically speaking, not what happened.
7: Yeah, and... We just, like you said earlier, we don't learn those things.
2: Yeah. yeah it's not part of us, right? So we just ignore it. Uh, J.R. Forrester is with us. He's a teaching pastor at Catalyst Community Church, Rola, Texas. Hey, J.R., before you leave us, uh, talk about the Story Men podcast.
7: Yeah. So on the Story Men podcast, it's myself and two other authors, including Clay Morgan, friend of John and Kathy, and we interview authors and we talk about contemporary issues in faith theology. Uh, and kind of do that all through the lens of pop culture. So we talk about current movies or current issues. Uh, it have a, we have a lot of fun.
3: I love the Storymen podcast. I have for a long time. Um, will you do a special episode on Shazam, JR?
7: <laughs> I am nearly certain we will because Matt <laughs> is one of our other co-hosts, I know Matt, loves- right. Loves Japan. Uh, Right,
3: right. right. Matt and I also have a a joint love of Harry Bosch, one of our favorite uh, uh, police fictional characters. Um, He and I are super committed to him. So maybe, you know, you should invite me on the story, Men and we can talk about, like, police heroes. A special guest. That'd be cool. True crime.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, JR. Yeah, JR. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. JR Forster dot is where he blogs. We've been talking about uh, Black Panther and many other books and movies about Black History Month. Information, of course, online, WordFM.com or the John and Kathy
9: Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. Tour any of Eden's three North Hills campuses during admissions week beginning March 12th and see what the area's largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school has to offer. Eden Christian Academy, Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission true since 1983 at EdenChristianAcademy.org. If you're a mom or dad of a child who struggles, you've searched high and low trying
12: everything you can. From tutors to counselors, specialists to pills, you've tried them all with little success. You need to know there is a program that has helped tens of thousands of kids just like yours. Brain Balance Achievement Centers can make a real difference for your child. Brain Balance is a drug-free solution that deals with the root cause of issues like ADHD, dyslexia, audio processing, and behavioral challenges. Our combination of sensory motor exercises, academic skill building, and a clean eating plan doesn't just mask the issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child has troublemaking friends, is disruptive in school, or is frustrated to the point of tantrums, now is the time to call Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Learn more at BrainBalance.com or call 724 390 9012 today. It's Allie. You may have heard me talking I have for years in Pittsburgh about how I lost 25 pounds in 30
3: days with the YP10 weight loss system from Slim Me One. And Kevin, I do believe that the reason this works is because it's so easy to do.
10: It is so easy to do. There's not a whole lot to have to think about. And then also seeing the weight coming off that scale each and every morning and the scale becoming your friend also makes it so simple to do.
3: That really keeps you motivated. And knowing it's only a 30 day weight loss program and the results are every single day plus the compliments start showing up about a week in it's incredibly motivating and the most important thing is the frustration of failure is gone because i finally found something that works
13: when you compare this to all those nationally advertised programs where it takes you six to nine months to lose 20 pounds and thousands of dollars by the time you're finished the yp10 weight loss system it's inexpensive it's 30 days and when you factor in all the money you save from the convenience food you don't eat for that 30 days
5: it's almost free give it a try for yourself go to slimme1.com and start today.
8: There's a girl in El Salvador who dreams of becoming an engineer. There's an elder in Uganda who dreams of having a community to call his own. No two dreams are the same. Help one person achieve theirs at unbound.org.
12: Clearing skies and noticeably colder tonight, below 22 degrees. Tomorrow will be turning out cloudy. With a period of snow later in the afternoon and evening, accumulating 1 to 3 inches. High tomorrow, 37. Some lingering flurries later tomorrow night, 30 degrees. Sunday, intervals of clouds and sunshine and a bit milder again, high 45. I'm Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
2: How about those rains last night?
3: Wow, that was a lot of rain. It surely
2: was. So if you want to have a better understanding of of that rain, if there's no flooding in your neighborhood, look at the photograph of the point right now. Uh, We were on Twitter today, and WPXI helicopter had a photo, an aerial shot. uh, Just incredible. The the point is completely flooded. I mean, where the fountain is, Mm -hmm. it's barely recognizable as the fountain. All the way around it.
3: It is not the prettiest photograph uh from an aerial no. viewpoint of pittsburgh you'll find it looks like it looks like the point is surrounded by you know three mud flows
2: <laughs>
12: yeah, i couldn't think what the word was it's a mess it, it really, really is. is
3: a mess yeah. so do you have water in your basement
2: uh, i have um, small a couple little streams
3: yeah i have three streams right mm-hmm. now they're not running they're just wet Yeah. So that's good. I mean, by the time I get home, they might be running, but.
2: Well, if they didn't come in last night, I mean, it rained so heavily. I I mean, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was like, I got a little anxious about it, Mm -hmm. you know? But okay. Uh, And so with that, you know, Pittsburgh is weird. So the bathtub section uh, of of the Parkway East, which I travel every day, Mm -hmm. that's closed. So now there's a detour to that bathtub, you know, rolls back. The,
3: the photograph that you just showed me of the oh bathtub is pretty shocking.
2: It surely is. You know, that's it's not like
3: it's flooded a little bit. Was no. it as bad as the uh, January 1996 flood in Pittsburgh? No, 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 no it's not. No, no, it's not that bad. It's pretty bad though. No, and it wasn't as bad as the 04 one. Either. The Millville flood. Right. I think that was '04.
2: You know, it's interesting. It's it's just weird engineering. You know, the the way that the city is configured, and especially how the parkway was, you know, first engineered in the 1950s, they would never do that today. That
3: was Mayor David Lawrence's idea. Yeah. That all of the roads uh, that connected the area would have to run through downtown. Right. That was his idea of making downtown is, vibrant well yeah and, and keeping it in everybody's mind so there was no beltway you know that would that a lot of other cities have That you yeah. you must go past downtown i mean you
2: can't knock david lawrence He did a great job but what do you think i'm knocking david lawrence a little bit
3: well i'm just saying that maybe back off okay
2: okay very good mm-hmm. david lawrence god rest his soul <laughs> take a break come back we're gonna talk I wasn't about picking the... on david lawrence oh, please, i was just maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not going to talk about David Lawrence anymore today. We're going to talk about immigration, I believe, right? And uh, the it's Jubilee. closer to
3: home than you think.
2: All right, stick so around.
5: Point five W O R D
8: Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music
12: new, new? new, music.
8: new music from Hawk Nelson. He still does miracles. Still
12: does miracles.
4: real
8: love by Blanca. I want real, real love. And Freedom Hymn by Austin French. This is my freedom hymn. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD
2: on the weekend. What kind of sleeper are you? Are you a back sleeper, a side sleeper, or are you a rotisserie chicken? You just keep turning. Me? I'm a mystery sleeper. Sometimes I wake up and I think, how did I get here? Hey, this is John Hall, and no matter what position you take on sleep, my pillow will make sure it's comfortable. If you haven't tried my pillow yet, inventor Mike Lindell has a terrific new offer this month for Word listeners. It's his four-pack special. That's two full-size my pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. Great for long trips in the car, the plane, or hotel. That reminds me, they're even machine washable and dryable. Sometimes I just like to fluff it up a bit. Just toss it in the dryer with a damp towel. It comes out just like it came out of the box. Plus, it comes with Mike's 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Use the promo code WORD to get the four-pack special. Or go to MyPillow.com. Be sure to use the promo code WORD. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD.
11: This is an urgent update from FreedomChecksAlert.com. On March 1st, $34.6 billion is expected to start being paid out to thousands of everyday Americans via Freedom Checks. Checks so big they make Social Security and every other government program look pathetic. Take Doug, for example. He's a 46-year-old from Joplin, Missouri, who's set to get a check for $24,075. Lisa, a 57-year-old from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is set to cash in an even bigger check for $66,500. To be clear, this is not a government program. It is much better than that. There are no age and income restrictions. As long as you act before March 1st, you have the chance to join thousands of people like Doug and Lisa who are reaping a massive windfall from life-changing freedom checks. To see how you can claim your full share of this $34.6 billion payout, go to www.freedomchecksalert.com But don't delay. March 1st is only days away. Go to www.freedomchecksalert.com for more details. That's www. I'm Grant Langston, the new CEO of eHarmony. If you're online dating and looking for love,
8: it's time to try eHarmony. eHarmony's different. eHarmony's gotten really good at bringing compatible people together. People that want the same things you do and are ready for a real relationship. There's one app that's built to bring you real love. EHarmony. Go to eHarmony.com today and get a month free when you buy a
1: three-month plan. Use code DATE. eHarmony.com. Use code DATE. It's a new year. Time to eat right, get healthy, and quit radon for good. U.S. radon professionals remind you that only smoking causes more lung cancer deaths. Nearly half of all Western PA homes have this silent killer. And just because your neighbor doesn't is no guarantee you don't. Get your home tested. It's cheap, easy, and if you need mitigation, U.S. Radon Professionals doesn't cut corners to ensure the safety of your home, guaranteed. If you can quit smoking, you can quit radon at usradonpros.com.
3: Happy birthday to LeVar Burton.
10: How
2: old is LeVar Burton today?
3: LeVar Burton today is 61. Oh, okay. Most people probably know LeVar Burton from Roots, uh, but yeah. LeVar Burton did my single favorite PBS kids show ever, and I loved Mr. Rogers. I was a Sesame Street fan, all that, but yeah. Reading Rainbow was my absolute favorite PBS show.
2: I have no connection oh. to that, none. John, it was- As a kid, you watched this? Yeah, LeVar. It was LeVar's show. Really?
3: Oh, my gosh. No connection. There wa- Basically, what he was trying to do was talk to kids about the importance of reading. And so he'd focus on three different books. But he did it. LeVar Burton is the most engaging performer. He's just a wonderfully – Bright, intelligent, and he's wonderful with kids. And so I got I gotta thank you know, on his birthday, sixty one years old, I gotta send a shout out. Thank you to LeVar Burton. I mean, he gave my kids when they were growing up so much enjoyment on his PBS show. So I Okay. Happy birthday, always love him. Happy birthday, LeVar.
2: Okay. Hey, uh, Jubilee is next week, the Coalition for Christian Outreach, and uh, throughout this past week and next week, we've invited so many uh, guests who have joined us for a very particular perspective on what it is to have everything mean that Christ is in this world. And our next guest today will join us from Jubilee.
3: Shane Bhattacharya is with us. He's passionate about the potential of entrepreneurship to transform individuals and communities. He's lived out that mission in various capacities, including teaching life skills to prison inmates and serving in board and advisory roles for nonprofits and double bottom line organizations. Shane, welcome.
2: Welcome. Thank you. Yes, Shane. Our pleasure. So so talk about this, Um, the idea of immigrants, that it's closer to home than we think. Talk to us about that.
13: Well, you know, my my colleague Michael Penn and I, we uh, we were supposed to talk at the conference, and one of the topics we were thinking about was that immigration in this country today devolved into this abstract policy debate.
2: Oh, well, you know what?
3: I, yeah, we're, we're having a problem with your phone. Yeah,
2: can we? I can't we'll put hear you on hold There, and uh, we'll, we'll call him back because that's just a bad. Uh, that's a bad connection. That's
3: a horrible connection. Yeah. Okay, let me let me jump one topic back. You never saw Reading Rainbow.
2: Uh, you know, if I saw it, it was kind of as I was yeah. changing channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah.
3: You know, there's something um, – well, we're talking about Black History Month. There are people who regardless, regardless of color yeah. can communicate with humans. Oh, you're They just can communicate with humans. That's the skill set. And I'm telling you, LeVar Burton is one of those people. Really? He just is an outstanding communicator. Okay, so
2: when I think about LeVar Burton, I think about him from Star Trek wearing those crazy glasses. Oh. <laughs> That's really all I've got. He didn't
3: do that much in Reading Rainbow, but he looked cool in the glasses.
2: There go. Okay, Shane, you're with us again. How you doing?
13: Hey, I'm sorry about that.
2: Oh, oh that's much that's better. Better? Yeah, yeah I
3: think is. that sounds better. Okay, so so head us off again. Talk about immigration?
13: Yeah. So we we just thought to ourselves that immigration conversations around it devolve into these. Empty-
3: no, that's no better. No, that's okay. sad. So all right, sorry. Shane, we're so sorry. We're going to have yeah, to reschedule yeah, that. Yeah. Because that's not working at that's
2: all. A bad connection. Technology,
3: technology can be rough. This is the world of cell phones. Exactly. You know, if you're in radio, you love a landline. Okay. Well, you love a solid landline, that had a plug and you put it in back and then you talk into this, you know, handpiece right, and right. you're good to
2: go. Right. You know, it's the first time in the history of radio we've talked about Lavar Burton and <laughs> immigration like, in the same conversation. I wonder, I wonder how Lavar feels about immigration.
3: I feel like I could contact him so today sorry. on his birthday. Really, I feel like that'd be good. Yeah, no, no. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Let's take a break. All right. When we come back, we'll talk more about the fun stuff going on this weekend, including Black Panther.
1: Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life.
4: That's 800-494-2323,
1: 800-494-2323, or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials, Your price could vary depending on your health-issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states.
12: Futures and options trading involves
5: financial risk and is not suitable for all investors.
6: Fire the stockbroker and hire yourself. I'm Scott Bauer, and I've been on the trading floor for 25 years. I traded for Goldman Sachs and the S&P 500 pit and was the first Amazon market maker at the CBOE. I am also the senior market strategist here at Trading Advantage, the leading educational firm teaching people how to become professional traders. Now, for a limited time, I am offering one of the trading techniques used by thousands of our students every day to help build their financial future. Get started right now by calling 1-800-288-0092 leave your email address on my voicemail and i'll email you my free trading technique and the trading advantage daily market report at no cost to you again 1-800-288-0092 that's 1-800-288-0092
2: Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to Winter Grind with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And Spray On Bullet Bedliners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme team now at 412 257 1006 or visit Extremetruck.net. 412 257 i
5: am Tiffany Haddish, and I use Groupon so much, they made me the spokesperson. Using Groupon is easy. Just save with the Groupon app on your phone. There's nothing to print out, which is great because I'm the type that if I can save on it, I'll do it. Paint class, yes. French cooking class, wee oui, wee. Oui. Brazilian steakhouse, let's get the meat sweats. Hot yoga, love it. The only thing I won't do is pay full price for what I do every day. Download the app and save.
2: Groupon. Hey, welcome back, Amber. As you're with us here today.
3: All right, let me ask you about auctions. Auctions. Have you ever been to an auction?
2: Yes, I have. There used to be a um, auction gallery in East Liberty called Royal York okay. Auction House, and it's gone because of what's happened. You know the gentrification that's happened in East Liberty. There's also an auction house out on Floggerty Run Road, which is a great place for an auction because they serve food there. So you sit there and have like pie, and then watch what? all this stuff go by. Oh my you. Oh, gosh! It's like, it's that re- they really get you to a weak point. Oh, it's heaven. So yeah, I've I bought things at auction. One time when we first got married, my wife and I bought this beautiful, and I mean beautiful, silk green couch with mm. down pillows. It was like some like it was like out of mm. someone's estate.
3: Right. It was like Audrey Hepburn esque breakfast at Tiffany's, right?
2: Yeah, it was so beautiful. It lasted about six minutes. Because as soon as we sat on it, it oh, like did, did start to fall apart. It did, but it was so beautiful, <laughs> you know. And that's the thing, you know. You could sit on it before the auction, but you had no idea. Literally, we had it for maybe a year, but after that, it really was just beat. However, so when you go to the auction, you you can go to the auction preview, which is okay. generally you know two two or three days before the auction, just to sort of see things, the furniture, the whatever, you know. Um, and then you show up the morning of the auction. You register. You get a number. You sit in the audience. And then, of course, one by one. Boom, 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 boom. And sometimes they go on for hours and hours and hours. Now, for me, I get you know, emotionally. Oh, my gosh. The reason I haven't gone is I don't trust myself. Well, that's exactly it. So I get what they call auction fever.
3: You don't even have to explain what that is, right? I can just guess.
2: One time, I bid, and I would not back down, on three Oriental rugs that I absolutely had to have. My wife was sitting next to me going, wait, wait, wait. Anyway, when I got to see them up close, they were filled with holes, (gasps) and they were pretty much useless. I mean, like, I way overpaid for them, because I had auction fever. I must have
3: those. Yeah,
2: so that's the problem. However, on the flip side, there are also you, times you can get great deals. And you can get, get great some deals. great deals. Wonderful I bet You things. can get
3: some great deals. But you know,
2: you get to see someone's estate or, you know, the remnants of someone's life and you go, that is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, of course, there's eBay now, which is kind of like an auction, but there's something about being in the, in the room. With I need that to energy. go to one. I really need oh, to go to do. one.
3: Maybe you could go with me and you I'd could like to. restrain oh, my yeah, my me. evil. You kidding me? Right. We'd both come out broke. No, we right? would not be. All enough. right. So the reason I asked is because I saw an article. Uh, this is a CBS story from Dallas talking about a hot real estate market. Now, Hot real estate market basically you put your sign up on the edge of your street corner, right, that says for sale or and you know, your realtor puts it online and you're good to go. But that's not what this is talking about. Hmm. It's talking about that a hot real estate market is the new way of selling a house, which is selling it through auction online. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is that if there is a bank or a property owner or someone who wants to sell a property quickly. Right. They want to sell the property quickly and they 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 think their greatest chance of doing it is to advertise it globally as opposed to just going up on like a local Howard Hanna listing or you know a, a local Berkshire Hathaway listing so if it's especially a, a property of prominence that would be over a million oh, sure, dollars sure, sure. they feel like if they advertise it globally do it fast and do it through auction they will get a sale and money faster.
2: I wonder if that's true because you think about well, a market. Well apparently
3: it is true really? because they're doing it they're doing it a lot. Um, on Online real estate auctions are increasing in popularity in the digital age because property owners want to attract bidders fast from around the globe. Hmm. And so, uh, all I'm thinking is, if I, I mean, I'm not in a market where I'm buying something that costs more than a million dollars. Just in case anyone's wondering exactly what income bracket I'm in, I'd love to I'm go with not you. in that bracket. However, I would never, never buy a house I couldn't walk into.
2: No, of course never. Not.
3: I would never do that. Look,
2: I, I'm buying a, an Oriental rug that has holes in it, and right. I can see it. Mm-hmm. Now you go into a house and you can't see it. Look at all. There's those just no problems. way. There's
3: no way I'd do that. No, I just no, no, no. there, and I, you know, I have a background in interior, in interior yeah. design, and maybe this is the reason why. But houses feel a certain way, and the light is incredibly important sure to me. That's the most important thing, and you just can't get a sense of that from. I mean, okay, I. I you can get a sense of it from a photograph or a video, but you cannot get the fullness of mm. it—not enough for me to ever buy a home. However, we both have friends who bought a home online, looking at pictures only. Our friends Bob and Gladys—really—they did not ever walk into their home before they bought
2: it. No kidding. Nope. What? However, I, I didn't their know daughter that. did. Oh, so she? So checked she it out.
3: she checked it out. But still, it's a mm. lot of faith you have to have in your offspring for yeah. them to walk into a house and say, no, seriously, mom and dad, you'll love it.
2: Well, first of all, that it's a good neighborhood and that you see your, because you know, when you look at real estate ads, the, the the pictures are covered in such a way where, you know, you might be living next to, you know, you know uh, a gigantic right. barrier or Exactly, something. because
3: that's not going to be shown
2: in the photograph. Exactly. So you need someone to sort of suss everything out. Plus, look at the home inspection process right before you I think before you would bid on a house you'd want to do a home inspection but well, th- you can't
3: well, I wonder though if the, these have to be contingent. pending contingent on inspection
2: they have to be yeah. there's no you, way there's no way you could do it I don't know i, I who knows on something Why? like that I mean you buy a house and all of a sudden you realize oh the house has mold or the house is in the you know uh, they're going to build the parkway next to it or highway next to it right. All those different things,
3: right? Okay, so you are saying you would never, never, never do it. Okay, Ever. they're saying that the the number there are three reasons why most people do it this way. They're looking for a fast death, debt, or divorce.
2: Sure, that makes perfect okay. sense. So people need money for those I three. Just reasons. invest myself of in this as quickly as possible. Get rid of the pain and carry on.
3: Right? Okay. Uh, this day in history, John, mm-hmm. uh, nineteen twenty-three. The tomb of King Tut was opened for the first time. Okay.
2: When I was a kid, the idea of the mystery of King Tut, that was like, that was so enticing to me. Really? Oh, I thought, are you kidding me? Because, you know, I grew up watching those like 30s films, the serial films where But the, guy, the black
3: the black and white ones that are yeah, like yeah. horror esque?
2: Well they were sort of they were mystery. Yeah, so yeah. like the guys with the pith helmets would go inside <laughs> to the chamber <laughs> yeah. chamber number right. nine hundred and twelve and then some mysterious illness would befall them or they there would be, you know, the skull that was so I thought, Oh, that is so enticing. I would, what Would it be thrilling to go inside? Well, it would,
3: except that remember when Geraldo Rivera opened it up for the second time. may not remember what year that was. Yeah. But I'm sure that there were people who were, you know, who were at the heart of that project who felt the same way you did, except when they opened it.
2: Yeah. But to this day, though, you know, they they have found, you know, chamber over chamber, over chamber. I mean, just the ingenuity in the intellect, the architecture oh, yeah. of all that, that's thrilling. I would love to go inside something like that.
3: Still, remember, it was live on TV, and it was it was not a, of great import.
2: No, I mean, once I, it I was know. all
3: opened, it seemed like, well, wait, what are we all doing here?
2: And I have a little problem, too. I get a little, so like, even like if I would go inside Kennywood's Noah Ark, I get a little claustrophobic. So... That unto itself would really? sort of, you know, act as a deterrent. I didn't know
3: you were claustrophobic.
2: A little bit. You know what I mean? I don't like to be in those tight spaces. I get a little antsy. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. How
3: do you do in elevators? Fine.
2: As long as they don't break. And then, like, I'm going to be, like, you know, you know, towering Inferno and going up through the top or, like, right. die hard. I'm going to be, like, in the elevator shaft and grabbing onto some cable and falling to my death.
3: Did, uh, did, just you, just, did you see You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the scene where the elevator breaks down? He's with Parker Posey in there. Who's his girlfriend? And she becomes so annoying to him yeah. throughout that elevator stay that he finally decides this I'm, has I'm to end. I, this, got I got this relationship is absolutely over. i mean how about
2: people speaking of elevators like well do you see this this happened a couple of years ago where somebody got stuck like in an elevator in like you know taiwan and uh and the the uh, the building was so large that the maintenance guys just ignored the elevator and the person died in there
3: well oh, you're making that up i'm not what yeah that's horrible yeah they
2: found the person like weeks later you
3: know, oh what do you mean you're do you really have the details on that story?
2: Well, I don't. What I just said is my details. But look, <laughs> but I mean, I didn't know we were going to have this conversation. Yeah. But I remember that conversation because I dread elevators. But you can look it up, of course. Yeah,
3: that's it's atrocious. Of course, what's everybody just so left like, the building?
2: Well, they went to, they went away, you know, like for the weekend, and then they forgot about it, and then yeah. Are you
5: talking about the Taiwan story?
2: I said. I think I said Taiwan.
5: The man was crushed. No, no, by no, no,
2: no, no, no. This was someone who was forgotten on an elevator, and the okay. person died in their loneliness. Can you imagine dying, dying. in your loneliness in an elevator, L- like reviewing your life as the minutes click by and you're thinking, I "I'm oh. dead." I can't believe it. That's like, talk about the taste of despair. I'm de- that would be it.
3: Oh, I'm.
2: De- <laughs> it's a Friday pick me up with John and Kathy. Hey, thanks I, for coming along.
3: I'm desperate, desperate. I tell you to change the subject.
2: Oh. oh. You ask, how do we get from Lavar Burton to almonds to King Tut's tomb to death on an elevator? Because
3: that's the ride home with Johnny Cash.
2: Okay, there's always something going on.
3: Today's almond day.
2: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of almonds. Because they're kind of like dry and sort of Gosh. stick in the mouth.
3: How can you not be a fan of almonds? Well,
2: whenever they put like the, you know, like the sea salt. Oh, and the, the salt stuff, and vinegar. Well, they dress well up. you love those because oh, I bring those. those in and you eat half of them. When you have, like, just have like a plain almond. Oh, well. I, who, it's like, don't you, doesn't your no. mouth get yeah. all like.
3: I don't like a, I got to like be honest. This. I don't like a plain almond either. Yeah. What about peanut m ms John?
2: I love a peanut m and al- almond?
3: Well, I'm asking. What about almond m
2: There is such a thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, I would try that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because it's got chocolate on it. I mean, you can oh, give me a carrot; I'll have chocolate on it. <laughs> well, give me a roof shingle; it's got chocolate on it. Oh, as long as I'm not in an elevator eating it on a Friday afternoon with Parker Posey. Take this. You'd have to break up with after. Oh my goodness! Tastes like despair. That's almonds.
12: Sharing the word that changes the world.
5: WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group.
1: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has ordered a review of FBI and Justice Department procedures after the Bureau failed to investigate a tip on the perpetrator of the Florida massacre. The
6: FBI says it received a call on January 5th to its tip line from a person close to the suspected shooter, Nicholas Cruz. That caller expressed concerns that the young man could attack a school, providing information about Cruz's collection of weapons, his desire to kill, and disturbing social media posts. In a statement, the FBI acknowledges that the tip should have been shared with its Miami office and investigated, but it was not. FBI Director Christopher Wray says the agency has spoken with victims and families and deeply regrets the additional pain the revelation of the
1: missed tip causes. Ben Thomas, Washington. On Wall Street, they're up by 19 points, the NASDAQ dropped 17, the S&P up by 1. This
5: is SRN News.
4: Yep, yeah. traffic. It is what it is. Stalled cars on the Kennedy Expressway. Missed concerts, football games, lots of cold dinners... And cold shoulders from Cindy. How much longer do I have to do this? Kids miss me. Cindy misses me. Our marriage is missing me.
9: With a financial strategy from Kurt Knodek.
4: Then I heard Kurt Knodek on the radio
9: again. Retire sooner than they
4: planned. Retire sooner. I called Kurt. We talked life, family, retirement. He had my numbers. Then Kurt pulls out this retirement plan, personalized for me. Look at that retirement wasn't that far off as i thought it was now the only thing i'm missing the traffic
9: do you need a financial strategy for retirement let's talk accurate solutions group 800-360-1645 that's 800-360-1645 Investment advisory services offered through Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc.
4: If you're a homeowner in need of fast cash, listen closely to the next 60 seconds. If you need $30,000, $50,000, $75,000 or more to pay off high-interest credit card debt, do home improvements, college tuition, or any other reason, call the Fast Cash Hotline at 1-800-397-1886. The Fast Cash Hotline is brought to you by Lendginuity, the Internet's fastest-growing direct mortgage lender. Homeowners, you can now consolidate your monthly bills into one low monthly payment, pay off high interest credit cards, auto loans, student loans, home equity lines, or get cash out for any reason. Call the Fast Cash Hotline today at 1-800-397-1886. You'll hear your new low monthly payment in less than 60 seconds. You can save hundreds of dollars every month. Homeowners are invited to call now for a free rate and payment quote. Call the Fast Cash Hotline at 1-800-397-1886. That's 1-800-397-1886. ResMec is a licensed mortgage lender, NMLS 153098. For licensing information, visit NMLSConsumerAccess.org. Subject to credit approval. Not available in all states.
8: It's a new year and a big year here at Calusi Chevrolet because the team at Calusi is now entering their 100th year in business. Hi, this is Todd Shilkin for my friends at Calusi. With the International Auto Show happening right here in the Berg, the savings on the entire lineup of Chevy cars and trucks are unbeatable. Right now, you can save over $11,500 on select 2018 Silverado Crew Cab Pick Much qualified. See dealer for details. And remember, they're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet find new roads for unhappy timeshare owners. Getting out is important. And with maintenance bills, taking a bite out of your savings. Now is the right time to call Lone star transfer to improve your financial situation. They've helped over 5,000 people get out of their timeshares quickly, legally, and ethically with a 99% success rate and an a plus rating with the better business bureau. Let them help you call toll free 855-551-7066 855-551-7066 for a no obligation consultation or visit them online at loan, StarTransfer.com.
12: Clearing skies and noticeably colder tonight, a low 22 degrees. Tomorrow will be turning out cloudy with a period of snow later in the afternoon and evening, accumulating one to three inches. High tomorrow, 37. Some lingering flurries later tomorrow night, 30 degrees. Sunday intervals of clouds and sunshine and a bit milder again, high 45. I'm Mackey Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM.
2: And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmon. Well, greetings. Good afternoon to you. Happy that you're along for this Friday edition. We got a big, uh, big lineup for you.
3: We really do. Before uh, we get into that, though, John, may I be yep. the first one to tell you? Tell me what your weekend has begun.
2: Woo-hoo. It's five minutes past the five o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon in February. Truly, all is right and well in this corner of the world. And
3: you're right, John. We have a great hour coming up. Uh, in just a couple minutes, we're going to introduce you to Officer Lewis Arnold, who's been a police officer in Cincinnati, Ohio. And he's going to talk about how it is that he, as an African-American, negotiates the differences between being a civilian and a police officer and between races in the city of Cincinnati. And also, we can't wait. Um, at the bottom of this hour, around 530, we'll introduce you to a brand new project called Smoketown, the untold story of the other great Black Renaissance. If you are a student of Pittsburgh, you cannot miss this. Mark Whittaker is going to be with us. Uh, he's the former managing editor of CNN Worldwide, previously the Washington bureau chief for NBC News and a reporter and editor at Newsweek, where he rose to become the first African American leader of a national news weekly. He will tell you things you did not know about your own city. It's so exciting! And you hear great music that was produced by people from right here in Pittsburgh.
2: Outstanding. That's the five o'clock hour the ride home stay tuned there's lots more ahead as they say be right back
12: 101.5
5: WORD
1: turning point with David Jeremiah it says and do
4: the first works what is that Go back and begin by faith to obediently do what you did when you were first saved that
1: you're not doing anymore.
4: Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Escape
1: the Coming Night, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD.
2: Well, it is the beginning of the Lenten season, and, you know, always on Friday, many people who observe Lent, they also uh, observe a Fish Friday. Here to talk to us about that from the Springhouse perspective is Marsha. Hey, Marsha, how are you doing?
12: Good. How are you doing, John?
2: Real good. Okay, so what's going on at the Springhouse with fish?
12: Well, every Friday, we have the most fabulous fish in the world.
2: Really? Stupid tell.
12: Uh, <laughs> we do a baked fish with a lemon butter, and mm. then we do a
7: fried fish. We- actually make the batter and we um fry the dry the breadcrumbs mm. our bread that we make here
5: and then we fry it and it's just
7: amazing. Oh.
2: When you have a, a piece nice piece it, yeah when you have a nice finish. piece of hot when you have a piece of hot fried fish that's coming right out of the fryer and you eat oh that is isn't that heaven?
7: It is. so mm. good. <laughs> mm,
2: mm, mm, mm. So that's going on right now, Marcia.
7: Yes, yes, so that's every Friday and uh, we'll do it all, we'll have fried a fish all day long. Outstanding. From ten o'clock in the morning until seven o'clock
2: at night. Excellent. And also, there's other things to have as well. So, some people go. I just, I'm not, I'm not a fish person, but still, the Spring House has it all covered. <laughs>
5: We've got other size, other size fish too for you, John. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, I'm a fish person. I'm just trying to think about the other people, Marsha. That's all. <laughs> oh,
9: okay, okay, good. <laughs> Fabulous.
2: Hey, Marsha, thanks an awful lot. There's always something great on the grill at the Spring House. The Spring House. The full details. Wordfm.com. Check it out. Beautiful.
10: This is Ron of the Original Mattress Factory. We are often contacted by people who are shopping for price via phone or online before actually going out to buy. We're happy to give out that information because we can save you hundreds of dollars over the national brands. But price alone means nothing. What are you getting for your money? How good are the quality and support of the mattress? At the Original Mattress Factory, we sell value. What is value? Value is the combination of price and quality. A manufacturer can make and sell a mattress for almost any price. After all, removing components and using cheaper materials does lower the cost, but it also compromises quality. So the price may be low, but the actual value will be even lower. When you shop at our store, we show you the value, the quality that you can see and touch. Buying on price alone is self-defeating. Cheap is cheap. Value is what counts, and our mattresses are the best value. Check them out at an original mattress store near you and experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D
1: Waterproofing. Water, seepage beach, and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Vellante and the team at JD Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri State's premier waterproofing company now at 1 800 Very Dry for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. JD Waterproofing, 1 800 Very Dry.
9: Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education in which solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission-true since 1983. Visit EdenChristianAcademy.org.
2: Officer Lewis Arnold Sr. is with us. Officer Arnold has been a police officer in Cincinnati, Ohio for over nine years. He's presently assigned to the Community Relations Unit as the Faith-Based Community Liaison Officer. This office has assisted with the development of faith and community alliances throughout the city of Cincinnati as they work to build partnerships with those in the faith community, citizens, and community groups. Officer Arnold, we welcome you to the show. How are you today?
14: Doing well. Thanks for having me.
3: So, as John said, you have been a police officer for nine years, and based on what we have read in the news, um, what we have experienced online, looking at videos, looking at social media, it seems like all there is is angst between police officers and the civilian population. So, I wonder if you can tell me whether whether you think it's harder now to be a cop than it was when you started.
14: Well, I would say... I guess I look at it this way. The job is what you make, and, and, it, and it is as hard as you make it. And I've always operated out So I have to speak from my perspective. I always operate out of the perspective of I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. And in doing that, you can develop relationships even in the uniform. Now, is it harder now than it was nine years ago? I would say – With the media attention on on some of the uh, bad shootings that have happened around the country, uh, there's a a larger spotlight on us. Also, the fact that we're having officers ambushed and shot is is a very negative negative impact on, on what we do as a profession. But if you look at our profession as a whole, if you take police all across the country and you look at what we do as a whole, we do a lot of good. No doubt.
2: So officer I, I mean oh, yeah. I see I'm sorry I see these men and women out there in uniform and I think you know of all the things that you could do with your life mm-hmm. you and and I I got to praise you for it you and for all the other men and women who are in uniform thank you so much it's a very difficult thing but I often wonder what is it I mean what is it about that personality that allows them to be put in harm's way to be a first responder to take all the anger and angst and all that what what is it about you as a guy? Can you talk about you know that that path that puts you in the position that you are now?
14: Well, what I would say, uh, why would someone want to do this? I truly believe it's a calling, and and when you're called to this profession, you last in this profession and you do good in this profession. For me and how I, I ended up in this path, it was it was a childhood dream, hmm. and as I got older into my years, because I grew up during the civil rights movement, so. I saw a lot of negative things when it came to police. I experienced some negative things when it came to policing. So it got to a point where the last thing I wanted to be was a police officer. Yeah. My son became a cop, and I just I watched him and, and the officers that I met that he knew, and, and I began to see the human side of the profession. I, I fell in love with the profession again, and I wanted to be a cop. So then I decided to pursue it. And I, and so in pursuing it, it, it's really fulfilling a lifelong dream.
2: So, you're different in some way. I mean, obviously because you're a yeah, believer in Jesus in Christ. <laughs> yes,
4: I am.
14: Yes, I am. And you'd be surprised of how many. I would say this: uh, since I've been in this position here, we have a lot more officers who are more bold in their faith. Where before it was it was kind of hidden. Cops didn't really know, want people to know that they were, they were believers. Where now it's it's a bold proclamation. Uh, oftentimes in our
2: department. Really. So when you uh, when you find yourself on a call and you show up, is there ever a time when you say I'm a believer in Jesus? I mean, uh, how, how does that even work?
14: Well, <laughs> you know that's a fine line you have to tread. Sure. So what you do is how you treat them. Uh-huh. And you know we, we're called to treat folks um, in, in the love of Christ. So if, if how I'm treating you, they're actually seeing the love of Christ as I as I treat you as a human being. Uh, my philosophy is, I don't care you can be the lowest person on the earth, or you can be the highest person on the earth. You get the same treatment, and the treatment you will get is is that I will treat you as I want to be treated. And it goes a long way on the street because when you begin to treat people that way, the word gets out and, and people begin to respect for you and then have a respect for you to have conversation. And once they have conversation, they see that it's more than just a uniform. So it's a great way of just developing relationships in the community.
3: Officer Lewis Arnold Sr. is with us, police officer in Cincinnati, Ohio, for over nine years, presently assigned to the Community Relations Unit as the Faith-Based Community Liaison Officer. Lewis is going to be in Pittsburgh next week for the Coalition for Christian Outreach's Jubilee Conference, which starts next Friday. Uh, Lewis is going to be speaking two different times, uh, 4 p.m. on Saturday and also Sunday morning at 9 a.m. The room is Westmoreland East. So if you need more information about the Jubilee Festival, please find us online. John and Kathhy showcom uh, Lewis you mentioned that you grew up during the civil rights movement and so you had more than a few negative experiences with police officers yes um, talk about how you uh, but then you decided that you wanted you still wanted to do it what was that process like for you
14: well as I as I had mentioned my son became a police officer and and, and watching his transition into into law enforcement and meeting officers black and white who were just genuinely good people it it began to change my my experience the experiences i had to begin to change that perspective where i began to see more than just the uniform and it and it allowed me to move beyond the uh the negative feelings i had towards policing to move toward a positive feeling so what i ended up doing we have what's called a citizen police academy here in cincinnati and it's an opportunity for citizens to go through an academy, not as strenuous as, a, as a, an actual police academy, but you learn the inner workings of policing. Mm. And I went through that after my son became a cop, and it just it just opened my eyes to so many other things. And I began to really look at law enforcement in a
2: positive way. I see. So, Officer, uh, in reading about you, I see that you were deeply involved for many years with um, Boy Scouts of America, with Little League football coaching, with track yes. coaching. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean when you look at what's happening and I'm sure you know there you are in Cincinnati Cincinnati and Pittsburgh obviously uh, they must share an awful lot within their with their DNA. Yeah. What's that like and how do you connect especially in inner city with young black men? You know, there's so many guys, white and black, who are walking around fatherless or, you know, absent fathers. Mm -hmm. You know, look at what happened, you know, just the other day with the the school shooting in Florida. There's another example of someone who was fatherless and just left to his own devices.
14: Well, since we're on a Christian radio station, and I know you two are believers, I received a prophetic word about a month ago that I have a voice for the fatherless community. And I've always had heart for those who are fatherless, because for for a few years of my life I was raised without a father. My mother ended up remarrying, and I had a stepfather, but my biological father was never there, and, and I struggled in a lot of areas not understanding why I was having the issue I was having until... I began to get counseling begin began to understand it was because of my lack of a relationship with my biological father. So mm-hmm. what I try to do is I really try to reach young men and young women who are struggling in that area and give as much encouragement as I can because one of the things that I realized in growing up is that I was never affirmed. I was never told who I was and what I could do and the abilities I have. And it caused me to struggle throughout life because I was always to prove myself. So what I try to do with young people is is feed them that, is give them that, that nourishment, that, that affirmation mm-hmm. that really everyone needs to, to feel healthy about themselves. And I begin to feed that to them and watch them grow as young people and into young adults. You know, just a little sidebar, my wife and I, we did... We did foster care for ten years and we only did teenage boys, which is the hardest group oh, to foster. Yeah. I bet. And we we have literally seen Christ come in and totally changed lives. Totally changed lives. To the point where one of our one of our still call him our sons, one of our sons who's in Louisville is now heavily involved in his church. He's a believer. I think he's eventually to be a pastor. Wow. And so we you know, so we have some stories like that, but just giving back that way so that young men can be encouraged into manhood.
11: Outstanding.
2: From Cincinnati, Ohio, police officer Lewis Arnold Sr. is with us. He is in town next week at the Coalition for Christian Outreach Jubilee event. Information on the Jubilee on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy.
3: Lewis, I want to ask you about this chasm between police officers and civilians um, okay. that's been aggravated. Um over the last three, four, or five years, and how did where where did we go wrong? Um, how did how has this relationship become so fractured?
14: Well, I'll tell you what's what's discussed here in Cincinnati within our department is that for so long policing we operated from the mindset is that we come into your community and we tell you what to do, which created this divide, and now we operate from the from, the, uh, from the perspective of we come in and we team with you as the community so that we can make your community better. So whether, whatever it is that we have to do as a police department to assist with making the community better, that's what we do. We're, we're not perfect. Um, we still have some, some issues we need to work through, but I would tell you we're, we're worlds apart from, from where we used to be, uh, say, t- in the year 2001 worlds yeah. apart. So we have to so we continue to work on those relationships with in my position I spent a lot of time in the faith community developing relationships in the faith community uh going to, to to events that faith communities invite me to so that they can see me beyond the uniform and and then invite others within the department to these activities so that the community can begin to see the policemen as as uh, as real people and that's really changing mm-hmm. how how people perceive us in this city.
3: What do you say to young black men, Lewis, who are afraid of the police?
14: I tell them, become a police officer. Hmm. Hmm. I do. I say, if you feel that there's a problem, the only way you can change it is from inside. So become a cop.
2: That's good advice. That's really good.
14: Don't stand back and complain. Yeah.
2: So, in our few minutes left here, uh, Officer Arnold, can you talk about what happened? I mean, look, here we are. We, we've another school shooting here, and it's mid February. What is that like when you're driving in your, you putting know, your vehicle, the, the communities are so clogged full of firearms. Um, clearly, you've got a and, fear and, for your and, life. And
3: so clogged full of desperate people.
2: Yeah. I mean, what, how does that work? What does that do to you?
14: <laughs> well, uh, it, it causes our, our, us to be even more aware of our training. Uh, we have to be aware of our surroundings. Things happen. There, there are there are more guns in in in, in, in the uh, in the country than ever before. We'll never be able to get all the firearms out of the community. But what 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 I believe needs to happen there continues to needs to be this. There's a relationship developed. There needs to be education on on gun safety. Um, and, and beyond that, I won't make a comment on guns. There needs to be more education on gun safety. But me as a police officer, when a shooting like that happens, it, it breaks my heart because I have kids, I have grandkids. You know, that's the thing that, that people, and, and so who I felt for on top of those who were, were killed are the first responders yeah. who have to go in there and see that and then go home and be a father, right. go home and be an uncle, go home and be a dad. It, it, that, that, that's tough. So that's why I, I go back to saying that, what we do, you have to be called to do. Mm-hmm. It's not just a job you're going to just jump into and and function. If you're not called to it, you won't last.
2: Well, Officer Arnold, God bless you. Thank you so much yeah. for your service, I mean, because it is not an easy thing, and uh, to, to know that uh, you have Christ in the middle of your service yes, and sir, you're huh? out there on the street. Thank you so much for that.
14: I appreciate it, sir.
2: Thank yeah, and we're,
3: we're eager to welcome you to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So uh, Officer Lewis Arnold Sr. will be at the Coalition for Christian Outreach's Jubilee Conference. You can see him at uh, 4 p.m. on Saturday. You can also see him Sunday at 9 a.m. Individual All the details, results course, may vary. Sophie went through CCO a lot of at our website and John. got
12: minimal results. For her ADHD, she was almost off the charts. None of the typical therapies met her needs. We felt like we were constantly playing catch-up. There was great guilt, like I had done something wrong. I hadn't taught my child what she needed to learn. She wasn't functioning in society. I knew I knew this was going to be the solution. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. That little girl that wants to do well, that wants to please, that wants to make the right choices, is actually able to make the right choices and to please now. This is not my kid anymore. This is this totally different kid. I don't doubt for a moment that I made the right decision in taking Sophia to Brain Balance. It has completely completely changed our lives.
1: Why just mask your child's learning and behavioral issues when you can get to the root of the problem? Call Brain Balance today and make a real difference in the life of your child. Call 724-390-9012. That's 724-390-9012.
13: For so long, I'd had that little hidden sin. It was a secret.
8: No one knew. So I'd convince myself it really wasn't hurting anyone. But but what if my wife or kids found out? Mm, Harmless?
0: It would have ruined me.
8: The problem was, who could I talk to? I needed someone I could confide in, but, but this was so personal. Who could I trust?
6: He found someone to trust, and so can you. We're Faithful Counseling, the world's largest platform for faith-based professional counseling. All of our licensed and experienced counselors are qualified and certified by the state board, and many are trained in addiction counseling. But more importantly, we share your Christian values. Available 24-7 by text, messaging, phone, and video conferencing, all from the comfort of your own home. Try it for the first week free by going to faithfulcounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST. That's faithfulcounseling.com and use the invite code word TRUST to get your first week free. Faithful Counseling, we're here when you need us.
12: Most mattress ads are dominated by offers of long-term, interest-free financing often for five years or more. Just how expensive is that mattress if it takes you five years to pay for it? Retailers build the financing costs into the already inflated price of the product. This is Robin Trzynski At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't offer long-term financing and don't inflate prices. Why? We believe in transparency and honest pricing. Get a great bed that you can actually afford original mattress.com.
8: It's a new year and a big year here at Calusi Chevrolet because the team at Calusi is now entering their 100th year in business. Hi, this is touch Ilkin for my friends at Calusi. With the International Auto Show happening right here in the Berg, the savings on the entire lineup of Chevy cars and trucks are unbeatable. Right now, you can save over $6,100 on select 2018 Malibus in stock must qualify. See dealer for details. And remember, they're easy to find online at Calusi.com. Chevrolet, find new roads.
12: Clearing skies and noticeably colder tonight. The low 22 degrees tomorrow will be turning out cloudy. With a period of snow later in the afternoon and evening, accumulating 1 to 3 inches. High tomorrow, 37. Some lingering flurries later tomorrow night, 30 degrees. Sunday, intervals of clouds and sunshine and a bit milder again, high 45. I'm Mackie Weather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM.
2: Hey, welcome back. Pittsburgh has been home to some of the most creative minds in the world. In just a few minutes, Mark Whitaker is with us. He is the author of a brand new book. It is called Smoketown, the untold story of the other great black renaissance. I want to play a song for you by Billy Strayhorn. Billy Strayhorn was a student at Westinghouse High School here in the city of Pittsburgh. And he went and he met Duke Ellington one day while Duke Ellington was at a barber shop, And he performed for Duke Ellington. That began this genius collaboration between Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. Here's a piece called Take the A Train that was the signature tune of the Duke Ellington Orchestra, arguably the most famous of the many compositions between Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn.
14: Billy Strayhorn is our encore. <laughs>
4: That is
2: so beautiful. Take the A-Train, Billy Strayhorn, the Duke Ellington Orchestra. Stay tuned. The story behind that song and much more next here on The Ride Home.
5: drowning in irs tax debt
7: i owe the irs thirty-seven thousand dollars.
5: get ready for a toll-free hotline take advantage of new irs tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from irs collection agencies they have the power to garnish your wages put liens on your property and levy your bank account civic tax relief can help protect you from the irs
7: civic tax relief basically represented me against the irs and by the time everything was completed
4: i didn't owe the irs anything
5: find out about the fresh start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free.
8: I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact
2: Civic Tax Relief.
5: Just call 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779. Don't wait. Call now. 800-210-6779. 800-210-6779.
11: Homeowners have the perception that they don't want to do windows and doors in the winter time. Energy swings. Donny Dara. Actually, winter is a fantastic. Fantastic time to do windows and doors because the prices are lower. And we have what we call warm installations, meaning a lot of the work's done from inside your home. You don't have this big open gaping hole in your wall. You take the old window out, you put the new window in, the perimeter of the window on the inside and the outside is what takes time to finish and to shim it and square it, and make sure it's plump. Our employee installers, they're covered by workers' compensation insurance. We want to be sure that they are not injured in any way, shape, or form. So the doors or windows they're installed for from inside the home, so that makes it a lot safer. So winter is an absolutely fantastic time, fabulous time to invest in windows and doors. And prices are lower at this time of year, too.
1: Right now, get $200 off every window, 500 off every entry and patio door, plus 5% off for word listeners only. Visit Energyswingwindows.com.
10: John Van Pay, pastor and author of the new book, Marathon Faith. Surrendering your life
8: to Jesus is the greatest decision you'll ever make. But that's just the starting line. Many of us begin our spiritual races of following Jesus with unrealistic expectations that hinder us from crossing the finish line. Every faith journey encounters obstacles. Just open the Bible. In my new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, I write about how men and women of faith overcame obstacles and how you can do the same. Along with scriptural references, I include my own life experiences about endurance running. When things get tough, let God help you endure your race so you too can finish well.
10: Order your copy of author John Van Pace's compelling new book, Marathon Faith, Motivation from the Greatest Endurance Runners of the Bible, at Amazon and at barnesandnoble.com.
2: If you're a certain age and have lived in Pittsburgh for a chunk of time, The name of uh, Billy Strayhorn or Billy Eckstein or Earl Hines or Mary Lou Williams, Errol Garner, all those native Pittsburgh names that we're awash in, they've become sort of, you know, part of who we are. And you may have rubbed up against them or your grandparents have rubbed up against them. Well, there's a brand new workout right now. Mark Whitaker has written called Smoketown, the untold story of the other great black renaissance. And, of course, Smoketown is Pittsburgh, PA, our very own hometown. Mark, welcome to the show.
13: Thanks so much for having me.
3: Mark, this book is a tremendous production. I mean, I can't tell you how much John and I have enjoyed it over the last couple days.
13: Well, thank you so much. Uh,
3: So let's start with the reason that you wrote the book. Um, I saw in the introduction that both your grandmother and my grandmother were both graduates of Shenley High School.
13: That's right. So uh, my grandparents uh, uh, came from Pittsburgh. Uh, My grandmother uh, lived in the Hill District and went to Shenley High School. My grandfather uh, came uh, from rural Texas uh, around the time of World War I and became one of the first black undertakers huh. in, in Pittsburgh. Um, so he was a businessman. Um, and uh, you know I used to visit them as a kid, but I didn't really know a lot of this history. And it was when I was writing a, uh, a memoir about my family They came out in 2011 that I stumbled across all of this amazing influence that the, you know, the relatively small black community of Pittsburgh had uh, around the country at that time. Mm
2: hmm. And can you go back and when you you know connect the dots, Mark? What is it? What was it about Pittsburgh that it became sort of this melting pot and then later on this creative explosion that happened from here? I mean, you think about all the different you know cities, St. Louis or Birmingham, where there were large black populations, but somehow Pittsburgh was unique.
13: Well, I talk about three factors, and as you know, you know Pittsburgh is a city of three rivers. It's it's very. Uh, you know, you tend to sort of think in threes when you're writing about Pittsburgh. So there are three factors that I talk about. One is where the uh, the black migrants from the South came from. And a lot of them, particularly in the first waves of the Great Migration, came from the eastern um, and northern parts of the Old South, where if they had been slaves or their ancestors had been slaves, it was just as likely to have been uh, house slaves and not field slaves. that's it So they arrived knowing how to read, uh, they played instruments, they read music. And then the second factor was the educational opportunities that were available in Pittsburgh at the time, Um, uh, both at the college level. What's now the University of Pittsburgh was actually admitting uh, a small number, but black students uh, in in the 19th century. Hmm. And, you know, they had these amazing high schools, which are integrated from the very start, Shenley, Westinghouse, Peabody. And then the third was just the sort of spirit of commerce in Pittsburgh. You know, it, Pittsburgh had been built by, by white immigrants. Um, and uh, when the black migrants arrived, even if they couldn't get jobs in the steel factories, you know, they would open their own businesses. And that was my grandfather's story.
3: Hmm. Now, you write that the, the Pittsburgh result um, of all of this migration was a black version of the story of 15th century Florence and early 20th century Vienna. Talk about that.
13: Well, you know, those were uh, small cities that were known for, you know, this great flowering of achievement um, during a very brief period of time. And, you know, it's interesting, you talked about a lot of those illustrious figures who came out of Pittsburgh in the world of music in particular, uh, but also August Wilson and, 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 you know, sports figures like Josh Gibson. And when you read the biographies of, uh, of those figures, often the fact that they came from Pittsburgh is treated sort of as an anomaly. Like it was a miracle that they emerged <laughs> from, from, from this grimy steel town. But I think what I show in the book is that it wasn't despite the fact that they came from Pittsburgh. It was partly because they came from Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and that there was such a rich culture uh, and everybody was sort of mixing with each other, competing with each other, inspiring each other, so that by the time they left Pittsburgh to sort of seek their fortunes elsewhere, they already had a very highly developed sense of where what the best was in their field. Mm-hmm.
2: Mark Whitaker's with us. Smoketown is his brand new work, The Untold Story of the Other Great Black Renaissance. Mark, let's talk about mass communication because Pittsburgh and black life would really be nothing without the Pittsburgh Courier, a mainstay for many, many years across western Pennsylvania and across the nation as well. Talk about the Pittsburgh Courier and its influence here locally and then across the nation.
13: Well, you know, it's really sort of, you know, the, the spine of my book is the story of, of, of the Courier, and obviously it meant a lot to me as a, as a newsman. Um, uh, I had a, a great time researching and writing about it. Um, the Pittsburgh Courier was founded in 1910. At the time, it was a, a tiny little pamphlet of local sort of news that was circulated in the Hill District. And largely thanks to one man, Robert Lee Van, a migrant from, uh, from North Carolina, the son of a slave cook, who came to Pittsburgh uh, to get his an undergraduate in a law degree at what was then called the Western Pens- uh, Western University of Pennsylvania, which is now Pitt. And he was hired to be the editor of the Courier, and over the next 20 years, he turned it into the best-selling and most influential black newspaper in America, distributed across the country, 14 regional editions. And I write in the book about the huge uh, impact that it had in the 1930s in uh, urging black voters who Van thought were being taken advantage of by the Republican Party, at the time black voted overwhelmingly Republican, uh, to vote for Roosevelt in the 30s. And that was sort of the beginning of a huge uh, political migration that changed American politics and also the role that Van and the Courier played in advocating for black soldiers for more opportunity. Uh, And then even after Van died in 1940, but after Pearl Harbor, the Courier organized what was called the double victory campaign to rally black support for the war. Mm -hmm.
3: What about the role of the courier in helping to make Joe Lewis uh, known and even a hero to black America?
13: So uh, this is it's the first chapter in my book. And, um, you know, it can't be overstated what a huge figure Joe Lewis was in black America in the 30s. He, he was the best known black athlete and, um, you know, black folks across the country rooted for him. But the, the courier discovered him very early, just after he had turned pro. He had uh, moved from his hometown in Detroit to Chicago, um, and he, so he was right under the nose of, of the Courier's great uh, rival, the Chicago Defender. But the Courier swooped in and just started devoting a level of coverage that nobody else could match. Hmm. They wrote a, a, a profile of, of him that ran in every week for five months, they splashed every single fight on the front page. They would charter planes to bring uh, photographs back from the, from the fight. So the first chapter both sort of charts the rise of Joe Lewis to the championship and then to his historic second fight with, uh, with Max Schmeling, the German fighter. But, but at the same time, this is exactly the period which is largely thanks to this coverage of Joe Lewis that the courier is overtaking the defender, and becoming the leading black newspaper yes
2: now you can't talk about the pittsburgh courier or joe lewis without talking about uh teeny harris tell us that story because uh teeny harris still those negatives which were a major part of his life are, are you know a, a bit of a part of a controversy that's still happening in pittsburgh well
13: you know it was, it was partly my great luck i mean right. even though um uh outside of pittsburgh a lot of this history isn't known and i think there's even some history a lot of history in my book that even people who know some of the history don't know but it thanks to tini harris the black community of pittsburgh is probably the best documented hmm. in terms of photography uh, anywhere because he was taking pictures not only for the courier of news stories and of celebrities and so forth but also every aspect of black life and um it was actually, uh, when I stumbled across the Courier, when I started working on this book, uh, the uh, Carnegie uh, Museum of Art had acquired Teeny Harris's photos. And they had just finished digitizing them and creating an online archive. And as I was working on my first book, I stumbled across photographs that Teeny Harris had taken of my grandparents. Wow. Uh, in the 40s and That's 50s. that amazing. But I had never seen. And then once I discovered this archive, I started clicking through and seeing all these other famous faces and realizing what an incredibly vibrant uh, community it had been, you know, at that time. So it's really not only, you know, Tina Harris, a character in my book and are most of the photos in my book, Teeny Harris Photos, but it was thanks to that archive that I real, that, that really whetted my appetite to write this. Book.
3: All right, Mark, now you have, you have to tell me this again. So you were just looking at Teeny Harris Photographs, and all of a sudden you said, oh, my gosh, that's Grandma?
13: Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think I was, I was Googling around, and I discovered a reference first to my grandfather. And there was a, a picture in the archive of my grandfather presiding over a military funeral in the early 50s. Um, and it was very moving to me because my grandfather suffered a stroke when I was about two years old, so, so I don't really have any memories of him you know, at, at, at his peak. And then I also found there's a photograph of uh, my grandmother at a sort of a ladies' uh, luncheon in Homewood in the 40s and a couple of pictures of my aunt. At, uh, taken at Westinghouse High School so that was exciting wow It's
3: just an amazing story
2: so Mark, oftentimes, you know, um, genius comes in um, sort of a collaborative thing. And such is the case with Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn. Uh, There's a theater here in East Liberty, in the East Liberty uh, part of the city of Pittsburgh, that's the, the, the now Strayhorn Theater. But I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, the genius of Billy Strayhorn and how that influenced Duke Ellington and how that propelled the Duke Ellington Orchestra in many ways around the world
13: yeah, so I t- so I, t- I tell the story of um, Billy Strayhorn's upbringing in Pittsburgh. And he was the star of the music department at uh, Westinghouse High School, which in the, the day had this phenomenal music uh, program. And he was he played with the orchestra, but he also composed music. And before he ever met Ellington, he had actually written an entire musical review. That was performed across Western Pennsylvania, um, but he had the opportunity. he was introduced through uh, Gus Greenlee, who was the uh, head of the num- numbers racket in Pittsburgh, but had a, had a the the had the night. Also, he was the owner of the Crawford Grill, the best-known nightclub in the Hill District, and Greenlee had a nephew uh, who had heard about. Billy Strayhorn, how talented he was, who asked for an introduction through Gus Greenlee to Duke Ellington when he was in town playing at the Stanley Theater in really? downtown. And so uh, Billy Strayhorn goes to a matinee, goes backstage afterwards. Uh, Duke Ellington is having his hair conked, you know, uh, and asks him to play something. And Duke was so blown away by this guy's talent And his ability to take various Ellington tunes and rearrange them on the spot that he said, kid, I want you in my organization. And that's how Billy Strayhorn came to work for Duke Ellington. And it began one of the greatest collaborations in jazz history. That's a great story.
3: It sure is. It is a great story. I mean, just reading about Billy Strayhorn and his um, his uh, attachment to classical music and how hard it was to for his teachers even to tear him away from that. And, you yeah. know, to, to, they, they were so intent on teaching him. I, it was, I think perhaps the most impressive thing about the Billy Strayhorn story were the teachers he had who invested in him and actually turned his perspective on music around.
13: So I think one of the things that, that um, in general people who don't know, who like jazz but don't haven't really studied the music, um, is how serious jazz musicians in general, most of the great ones, are about their study of music. And all of these figures that came out of Pittsburgh, um, Billy Strayhorn, but also Earl, Father Hines, Mary Lou Williams, you know, they had studied classical music uh, as well as, uh, uh, as as well as uh, jazz music. And um, Billy, until you know, really, uh, until he met until he met Ellington, he still you know had dreams of becoming a classical musician. And you talk about the teachers. So the two teachers he had at Westinghouse High School in the music department, Carl McVicker and Jane Patterson, uh, have been written about. And and there's a great biography by a guy named David Haydew in which he gives credit to those teachers. But I write about another teacher who is only mentioned once in that book uh, named Charlotte N.T. Catlin. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I didn't, you know, I saw I saw that reference to her in the book, and I thought I want to find out more about her. It turns out that she was one of the most accomplished pianists in in Pittsburgh. She played all over the place, in the Carnegie the hall, Carnegie, uh, and, and and at um, the music hall, churches around town. Right, and she was Billy's teacher throughout his teens, and later, uh, when. Lena Horne moved to Pittsburgh in her late teens and early 20s to run away from her stage mother uh, and sort of reunite with her her father, who was also a racketeer. Um, She, Charlotte Catlin became Lena Horne's accompanist when she would go and play in the homes of uh, rich white folks in in, in Pittsburgh. So Charlotte Catlin later, Billy uh, Strayhorn and Lena Horne became best friends and soulmates. But before they even met each other, both of them had been heavily influenced by Charlotte Catlin.
3: And it was because of Charlotte that Billy Strayhorn even became connected to this musical tradition that he carried on in the rest of his life.
13: Yeah. So, you know, this is the thing, you know, people say, well, what surprised you about when I was doing the research of this book? And I think what you discover and I think, you know, is is how deep the roots of all of this great talent uh, were. That behind all of these people were, you know, generations of uh, families that were, you know, had sacrificed to get to Pittsburgh to to make sure that their kids had a great uh, um, education, great teachers uh, who had helped them along the way. So, you know, none of it was accidental, and. Um, you know it it, it it was really moving to me and also you know sort of inspiring to try to give credit to all those people behind the famous people that nobody had ever heard of
2: We're talking about Smoketown, the untold story of the other great black renaissance. Author Mark Whitaker is with us. Mark's in town next Wednesday evening at the Carnegie Library Lecture Hall. Uh, Details about that on our Facebook page. You can see Mark live and hear more about these stories. Mark, uh, let's talk about uh, the demise, essentially, of that that romantic period. Of course, uh, when Martin Luther King was killed, uh, many cities, just like Pittsburgh, there were massive riots and fires, and that coupled with uh, urban renewal, which happened here in the city of Pittsburgh. They built a, 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 a structure called the Civic Arena, and so large swaths of the Hill District were destroyed because of those two events, and that was essentially the end of that sort of golden era.
13: Yeah, no, and it was very it was very sudden. You know, I talked about the three factors that contributed to the rise of, of this community. Well, there were three big factors that contributed to the decline. Um, one of them was the decline of the steel industry, uh, which hurt the city's economy in general, but um, black neighborhoods in, 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 you know, perhaps more than others. Um, uh, the second was urban renewal, which was actually, I mean, at least for for some people, was well intentioned, and there was even hopes within the black community that it would get rid of a lot of substandard housing mm-hmm. and, you know, have more sort of modern housing options. But uh, it, was badly, it was very badly handled. Um, uh, the entire Lower Hill district was torn down to build this civic center. Not only did it displace 8,000 residents of the Lower Hill, uh, but it destroyed the sort of center of black life, where all the various castes from, from the top, from Sugar Top, where the black elite lived, from Homewood, from the other neighborhoods, even if they didn't live in the Lower Hill, they would come to the Lower Hill to go to the nightclubs, to go to the barbershops, to go to the churches. Um, So it had a devastating effect. And then the third, frankly, was what I call uh, sort of the the black middle-class brain drain, that in the period I write about, the most um, ambitious um, and well-educated black folks would stay in Pittsburgh and become business people like my grandparents, or journalists like Robert Lee Van, or artists. Uh, but once the Civil Rights Movement came along, there were opportunities outside of Pittsburgh that hadn't existed uh, earlier. So there was a whole generation, including my father, who left after high school or college and never came back. Wow.
2: Mark, we, we, there's so many stories, so much history here, so much great passion and artistry. We even talked about August Wilson, which is sort of right. post-Civic Arena and uh, uh, all that.
3: And then we didn't even get into baseball.
2: Right. So we thank so much. in the scholarship and the great storytelling in Smoketown, the untold story of the great black renaissance. Greatly appreciate your time here to whet our appetite to go and read the book.
13: Well, thank you so much, and I look forward to being back in Pittsburgh next week.
2: Very nice. Mm-hmm. Wednesday evening at the Carnegie Library in Oakland, the Carnegie Library Lecture Hall. Mark Whitaker is there. Uh, tickets are fairly inexpensive, so yeah. stop by.
3: Listen, if you are a student of Pittsburgh, if you're a citizen of Pittsburgh, you, your collection will not be complete without this book. That is how good it is. The untold story of Smoketown, the other great black renaissance. The author, Mark Whitaker.
9: Discover Eden Christian Academy and discover an exceptional education where solid academics and authentic faith prepare students to step confidently into the future. Tour any of Eden's three North Hills campuses during Admissions Week beginning March 12th. And see what the area's largest non-denominational pre-K through 12th grade Christian school has to offer. Eden Christian Academy. Christ-centered, student-focused, and mission true since 1983 at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
2: Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville has everything you need to protect your car or truck all winter long. Say goodbye to Winter Grime with an extreme detailing to help preserve the life and look of your vehicle. Got a new car? Protect your investment with TST Rust Remedy, the most effective rust control system you'll find anywhere. And spray-on bullet bedliners offer extreme protection tested in the most extreme conditions known to man. Call the Extreme team now at 412-257-1006 or visit extremetruck.net 412-257-1006, extremetruck.net
8: Sponsoring a child with compassion is the most effective way to end extreme child poverty. Release a child from poverty in Jesus' name. Sponsor a child now at Compassion.com slash radio. About one in
14: three women will have an abortion by age 45. And nearly half of abortions are among women 24 years old or younger. This is Dr. David Stevens of the Christian Medical Association. Deciding to have an abortion has got to be the most difficult decision a woman may ever make in her lifetime. But nothing can
1: justify the intentional taking of innocent life. Talk with your doctor. About life saving options.
10: I didn't want to talk. She just sat with me.
4: That was all I really needed. We got back, and of course we went to different cities. One day he called me out of the blue, and it's comforting to know that I always can count on him to have my back.
1: We hadn't talked for a while, and then she texted me
11: and we went for a walk. She called me from time to time. I really didn't think I needed any help.
8: I was away from my family during the holidays, and a friend invited me to their house for dinner really meant a lot he knew i was having a rough week so he asked me to go fishing with him
9: my friend knew that i didn't want to go out so she brought me dinner instead it took me from being really depressed to feeling like somebody cared to give me some hope just that one text be there your call
5: your presence your words your support be there and help save a life learn more about preventing suicide at veteranscrisisline.net
2: Hey, welcome back. Thanks for being with us. This for the closing minutes of this Friday show. Hey, so this is the first Friday fish fries all across western Pennsylvania. I don't know about you, but it, it feels as though it's a competitive sport, and I think, are you into it? Have you done this? There's a, a church near us that we, uh, we go to on a regular basis on Friday. And you walk into this, you know, what I would call the all-purpose room, and <laughs> you smell. I mean, you smell the fish frying. It is absolutely, it is so delicious. Walk over, you get yourself a couple pieces of nice big fish. I mean, the, sometimes the fish looks so big it deserves its own zip code. Some fries as well, a little coleslaw. Sometimes we'll sit down and uh, have it right there in the all-purpose room. The times my wife and I'll just wrap it up and take it home and there you go dinner to go it's I love it it's a, just a great tradition to have that uh, that fish fry Friday back again as the uh, first Friday of Lent hope you uh avail yourself of that because there, I'm sure there are hundreds and hundreds of churches that are doing this somewhere near you so fish fry Friday on the uh, first Friday of Lent how about that conversation with uh with our last guest Mark Whitaker you know Pittsburgh, I'm sure you know this. Have you have been in Pittsburgh for any length of time? And, and it's this cool thing. You know, we, we're showing up on these lists. as most livable city, you know, most all this, all this. I think if you live here, you know what a great place it is. I mean, for it really is. It's such a wonderful place. So just so grateful to be here. So Friday's upon us. Uh, let me say this prayer. Lord, use this day as an occasion to look back upon this week that we've lived and in doing so to trace the footprints of your presence with us as this week's unfolded you've seen it work in the little things the big things that have happened particularly mindful of your goodness in relationship to the tragedy that befalls the shooting that happened this past week we count our blessings lord naming them one by one wonderful to see all that you have done so lord set us free from this temptation Be with us, Lord, as we rest in you this weekend. Have a great one. We'll see you Monday. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word
5: FM and Salem Communications.